listeners to the Ice Cream Podcast. You could probably say this yourself. You've listened so many times. It's the official podcast of the North American Ice Cream Association. We are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people. And let me tell you, there's probably not too many people in the association that have helped ice cream people like this ice cream person, Evan Walt from Ice Cream Equipment Specialists. How are you today, mate? I'm great, man. Happy, healthy, terrific. It's Friday. It's uh, it's here we are, man. It's August, huh? I was just saying that we should take more of these on a Friday afternoon because I feel a little bit more loosey goosey. I figure we can get more of the tea uh, than we would if we were having this uh, conversation in the morning. I didn't know they had geese in Australia. I know that you have tea. I'm aware of that one, but uh, good, good <laughs> to know there that, that you have geese and your. I'm, foul, an, American, foul I'm foul. an American citizen now, mate. Oh, I I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mate, Evan, you have had, and we've done a podcast a fair way back, but you have got a pretty uh, interesting story, and and I'll put a link to that podcast down. It's well worth a listen to, I think. But you've you've had a few and a lot of fingers in a lot of different pies in the ice cream business over the years. Um, Tell us, just tell us a, a brief elevator story speech about kind of what what you're doing now because you're you've got a, a finger in retailing uh a whole bunch of things what are you doing yeah uh so recently uh we we just um my partners and i we we sold slices concession which was kind of the heart of of what i learned in the business and uh, that's uh, the nation's largest dealer in refurbished soft serve machines frozen drink machines and ice cream equipment um and so right now i've we have a company i have a company called ice cream equipment specialists and we're the uh, distributor for emory mark usa and then we also sell equipment and kind of full wraparound services for anyone trying to do frozen dessert stuff from like your first machine and cart to trying to do like you know events and farmers markets to hey you want to do continuous freezers now so uh it's fun and then i also am a partner in an italian ice store and and it's 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 just this industry is something that I think many people just accidentally kind of walk into and then they realize that it's good people and and there's there are good profits and that you can really do good work in your community and that's that's the point the cool part about this is when you see people who you've either helped start their store or you've seen them and the community from your store and it's just it's it's the best part and it really is it's some of the hardest work I tell people it's some of the hardest work you'll ever do uh, but it's some of the most rewarding work you'll ever do as well so yeah for sure Mate, I wanted to talk to you today and, um, you know, being involved in the equipment game. And I think you've got some good feedback uh, and some good opinions, even on the process of um, of equipment maintenance. Because as you mentioned, um, you used to own uh, slicers, which you would get equipment in, refurbish, update, service, whatever, and then resell. But I think that a lot of people in the business or getting into the business, I don't think the appreciation for preventative maintenance and things that you can do in your store, both what you can do as the retailer and what you can get someone else to do, massively increases the life of your equipment. It, it reduces your, your costs so far as utilities, breakdown time. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about what are some of the things that really should be looked at as the season winds down now, between now and when the season picks up again, what would she be? What will we be looking at so far as what 
Um, we can do ourselves in the off season to ensure that our equipment's running well. And perhaps what can we do or have someone else come in to do before the season kicks off again? Yeah, no, I mean, you nailed it, right? There's the being proactive is going to save you so much on the bill side when it when reactive. And, you know, an example of that can be as simple as when, when you got your piece of equipment, new, used from Italy, from the U.S., doesn't really matter where in the world, it's really important that you actually have a full understanding of the power, the water lines, the air, and you kind of like if you can't take the side off the machine and kind of look at the different parts and have a rough idea of what they do, either with the person who sold you the machine explaining it, their tech, um, you know, there, there are brands that do really well that don't have techs in every cities and still have very good techs from the factory. And that's kind of your team, right? It's a triangle. You have like your factory engineer support on the phone. You have your local refrigeration tech that may or may not be connected to the factory. And then you have yourself. And that, that's the triangle that I see out there. And you have to know when to use each person, when it's good for yourself, when it's good to call in the service tech, and when it's good to work the factory, and kind of also to know how to communicate between those two. Because sometimes your local tech is going to say something that the factory tech might not agree with and vice versa. So there's a dance. But I guess from the beginning, you should always assume, even if you're buying, I've seen brand new equipment from every place in the world that stuff happens in shipping. You need to have a refrigeration tech be there and be there during the installation, and they can explain that. So some of the basic things that you can be doing is doing visual inspections. You know, every single quarter, you should take the side off of that batch freezer or that pop or paleta machine or that soft serve machine, and you should be looking at where the, the auger or the beater or the dasher is meeting, and you should be seeing how that's wearing and checking out your belt and the belt tension. Um, you know, you should be looking at the inside of the water valve and do you see a bunch of white calcium buildup? Um, you know, is your water valve going to be going in the next two years? Just a lot of visualization of the inside or, hey, what's that pooling oil? Well, that actually could be Freon that you don't know. So eyes are number one, I think, Steve. Yeah, and I agree. The amount of times I've taken, not in my own stores, but I've taken a side panel off someone's machine and they've got a belt that's just rubbing and there's this huge pile of, of shaved rubber that's been <laughs> building, yeah. building up yeah. like a pyramid. You know, that's a telltale sign something's something's not right there. And it may not be anything that, that the store owner may have the ability to do it, but getting a hold of that early stops a belt being thrown and then something catastrophic happening. Absolutely. And, you know, insert a big giant asterisk here that, you know, you shouldn't do things that you're not comfortable doing and always use a certified person. But, you know, I know there's a lot of DIYers out there, and I'm going to speak plainly. You know, the things that you can really do to help yourself is learn how to use a multimeter. And, you know, I mean, this is something that, you know, again, like you, you should use electrician, of course, and, but, and be trained. But a lot of people figure that out. And what a multimeter is, is it reads volts, amps and microfarads. And so microfarads are what how you look at a capacitor. And you might not know it, but almost most of your machines, especially if they're single phase, have capacitors. They're mini batteries. They go out. So on your soft serve machines, it's great to know that volts are going to manage like the volts coming in because, as we've talked about before, you know, most machines from all manufacturers are mostly rated 208 to 230. And if you have volts coming in that are low, your electrician might say, oh, it's 220, but it's actually 205. And then a year down the road, you're getting damaged because your volts weren't right. right. And then amps are, do you have dedicated amps? So I'm a big believer in watching some YouTube videos and learning how a multimeter works and knowing some basic stuff. Um, you know, I, I imagine there's some technicians that would say that's not a good idea, but, you know. Well, I, I think, too, that over the phone, 
if you can give a tech or the factory as much information as you can over the phone, a lot of times they're diagnosing what's happening. And if a tech needs to come out anyway, they're not spending a half an hour looking for what's wrong. They kind of already know what's wrong before they get there. For um, sure. For sure. And yeah. I, I sometimes think we take for granted vacuum using a shop vac and vacuuming out condenser coils and different things like that. But that should be something too that, Every shop owner should know where the condenser coils are on either their machine or their dipping cabinet um, and be vacuuming them up semi-regularly as well, no? I mean, quarterly minimum. I mean, so, you know, when I hear people say like, oh, I haven't done that, I'm like, please don't be mad at your machine when the compressor fails. Like, right. I mean, it, it's, you know, condensers are, are are in everything from your little refrigerator that's holding the bottles of water you're selling to that dipping cabinet, you know, and, and if you're not cleaning that, and I know that, there are people who say that they're self-cleaning. You should every single quarter be looking inside there. You know, you just should because there's a lot you can see. And today's world of being able to take quick videos and send them to folks. You know, I don't know anybody, even people who sell machines that I'm not involved with that can't really see a few videos and go, hey, it's this, this or this. Right. And that's what you want with, an ex with someone you're working with who can narrow it down. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes you can get a local part from a Granger or a United Refrigeration that your tech can buy for you. And you can get up and running next day. You just have to know what you're dealing with. And if you can give that information instead of saying the thingy is doing it, man, yeah, right. the visualization is, is great. And that's how we do everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what goes along with that is wear parts, you know, blades, gaskets, uh, dasher blades. Um, really, there should be a plan in place where your manufacturer should be. I mean, I know some of them even do auto ship where every yeah. quarter, every six months, a new set arrives. I, I think that a lot of people, you know, that I it's one of those things where when your blades go and your dasher blades are going, it's not a, oh, they were sharp one day and dull the next and now I'm getting softer product or I'm getting less capacity. It happens so gradually over time that by the time you think, hang on a minute, this machine's not giving me the capacity or the crispness of product that it used to, and, you know, you're two years into a set of blades, you really do need to get into that process of, hey, every, whatever the manufacturer says, if it's every quarter or six months or years, get O-rings and bushings and and, and blades in just to help your machine. Uh, yeah. I mean, so when we product. ship ours, they come with a tune-up kit with it just because we were, you know, it's something we want to do. Um, and, you know, I think also it's important is, you know, what you're talking about there is actually what we call skating, Right. So that little film of ice cream is building up on the outside or the inside of that barrel. And then it's not scraping, be it soft serve, frozen drink, batch, custard, et cetera. It's the same concept. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that you should just do is, is have those blades on hand, like you're saying. But also, I think that people need to know that different products wear at different uh, blade sizes. So my Italian ice batch freezer is going to blow through blades much faster than if they're doing a different kind of product. You know, it's just the nature of, of certain products. So don't always think. Well, Sally said in this this group that this is happening. Well, no, every product is different and, and right. fat content. So there's a lot there. And yeah. also your springs too, right? If you have spring loaded on your stuff, make sure you're watching that as well. Yeah, that's all good things. And they're all things that, um, and that's I guess that's why they call it preventative maintenance. They're things that you can do saving money. And I know people say, oh, well, another set of blades is this. But I think the analogy of the car versus ice cream machine is just so apt. I mean, you wouldn't buy an expensive car and then just run it until it basically stopped. And 
So yeah. taking it in, making sure that tire pressures are checked and belt tensions and oil changes, the same thing for a machine. And by rights, a, a, a well-serviced ice cream machine should last as long as a well-serviced car. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that you need to think about when you're talking about those blades too is think about as that blade wears, that auger, no matter what, is going to move more, right? It's going to move around. And then there's a coupling, and this doesn't matter what brand or machine. Somewhere there's a coupling that's holding that, a drive shaft, a beater shaft. And so what you're doing is you're wearing that. And so you're not just, it's not the blades and the product, but it's also the coupling, and then it goes backwards. So it goes from the coupling to the gearbox, if it's a direct drive motor, and then to the belt, and then to the motor, it's not a direct drive. So there's just a lot to kind of think about there. And then beyond the, the normal O-rings that you're talking about, I also think that it's just really good to be checking your water lines, right? Because there can be buildup in there. And then that water flow, even on the exit, especially, everyone always always thinks, oh, make sure your in is good. Right. But your exit, you know, if that's not, if that's nothing that you don't know, and also knowing what the temperature of that water that's coming in and out at, you know, any water cool machine, I had, you know, customer was like, hey, it's, it's early spring, I get this number. And then August is different. Well, the water's coming in at a different temp. You actually can adjust that water valve. And if you have a good relationship with the tech, you can kind of know, hey, my ambient temp's coming in. I think it's time to adjust that water valve for more flow now. So many people don't do that, you know, and then that's easy, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think anyone, hardly anyone thinks of water temp coming in. We always think about, boy, it's hot in here. I've got a lot of humidity. I've got a lot of compressors running. I'm trying to get the temperature of my room down for my air-cooled machines. Sure. But you don't often think of temperature of water coming into that machine as well. No, we've seen it this summer. And I, I you know, there's obviously I have friends in all kinds of different areas in the equipment world. And, and with the, the heat, you know, water is coming in warmer and warmer, uh, just tap. And so it's it's really important to kind of make sure that you have a technician that understands the correspondence between the head pressure or the high side of the compressor and that water. Um, yeah. And that's something that even like you can do, like, again, like I'm really all about people DIYing it. Like you can take a quick course and you can figure out how to read pressures. if you're smart, I mean, it's not for everybody, but it, you know, it's something that you can do for sure. Right. Absolutely. So mate, what are some of the things that should be done on a semi-regular yearly, let's say basis that really ice cream shop owners aren't equipped to do, whether they don't have gauges or this or that. I mean, what's something that um, the average operator should be saying, I need to get my tech in to do this, this, and this once a year, let's say. I think so, especially if you have a glycol chiller or like a water tower, right? Like that's something like getting on the roof and like dealing with that and checking that. That's definitely something that a technician needs to do. And I think that it's either one or two. At the end of the season or the beginning of the season, they should still bring someone in and have them check the pressures. And they want to check the pressures actually before the machine turns on at the ambient temperature and then run it and see high and low pressures and not just running a batch dry as a no product, but also run it with product and then and know and, and show that and save that video because you're going to know then exactly where your pressures were. So I think that once a year of bringing someone in like that and and really trying to build that relationship. And this goes back to the triangle between the, fa the, the local tech and the factory service advisor, because sometimes those two guys are ahead of each other because right. the local guy thinks this, and the factory guy thinks this. And our impulse is always to sometimes trust the local guy. I think sometimes he's there, he's in front of you. Right. And it's, I think it's a dance that you really have to learn and know like why, you know, because not, you know, and that's, that's, that's a big thing. And also I think, you know, if anyone tells you that immediately that it's a compressor or it's a beater motor and they haven't given you reasons why they got to that conclusion, I think that's also key too, to kind of push back on and say like, well, how did you get there? Cause in my experience of doing this, Contactors, relays, capacitors, it's it temp probes, it's smaller stuff than the bigger things. 
Right. And then I think something that, you know, you if if you're hand if you're not too handy, I think doing a belt on a batch freezer can be hurtful. If you don't know how to take a belt off, it can slip and hurt your hand. Right. So I think for some people, like doing your belt and stuff, that's just necessary to bring in a tech. Um, but I think that's all about kind of your risk aversion on that one. But no matter what you do is you should have that machine unplugged if you're going in there and and, and being careful about that. And when you say pressure, you're talking about refrigeration pressure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Refrigeration pressure. And then I also think that, you know, if you were to, the other thing that you should be kind of doing, if if you need to have a tech do it, is that they also probably want to be reading the beater amps as well during that check-in. Because the amp draw of that beater motor is going to tell you the life and the, and the health of that, right? Under load and not under load, meaning with a dasher and product in it, and then just nothing in it. And knowing that is going to be also a great thing for you to do, because then you can take that data the local tech got you, tell the factory tech, hey, this is my amps without anything in it. And he's going to say, oh, hey, that's good. We're good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's <laughs> it's a lot of information for someone who perhaps is like, boy, can I do all of this? And I think there's a sliding scale between what some people feel comfortable with doing. Uh, who perhaps are more mechanically minded and, you know, have, have done this and seen this and so forth versus someone perhaps that's new in the business and saying, well, I don't overly feel comfortable taking the side panel off in case something happens, which is fine too. But I get the the message is that there's a lot of things that can happen as a precursor to something going wrong with the machine. And the earlier you can identify those, the, the less it's going to cost you in the long run and the longer you'll get out of that use out of that machine. I've said, and I've said this all the time, that I believe the one piece of equipment in your business that is basically the goose that lays the golden egg because your reach-in freezer and your, and your three-compartment sinks, all, all of those are ancillary to the ice cream making process. But there's one machine, maybe there's two machines, soft serve, batch or whatever it is that is the the one machine that's making the product that you're selling if that machine goes down no other machine in the in the facility is making your product is making the golden egg so if there's any time resource effort money to be put into maintaining any of the equipment it's that machine i that's the way i feel i i i you know, I, I think having a good relationship with your factory is great. I think finding a good local tech is great. Um, and it's a good reminder of some of the things that we should be looking at. And know. read the manual. You know, I mean, I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but like in doing this a long time, the amount of times where I've had someone ask me something like, man, you didn't even try to read the manual. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you didn't even like pull like an ADHD, uh, ADHD like, like skim on it. You just, you know, I think that people just, like I've heard you talk about, they just throw it into a drawer and never read it. But, you know, that manual is there for a reason. It's not just all a bunch of legalese. It really is about you learning the best practices to keep your golden goose laying the golden eggs. So, <laughs> right. And yeah. if you don't have the manual handy, go online, print it out or ask the manufacturer for it. It is a good, it is a, anyone that should be working on that machine should have read that manual, I think. You don't have to do it in all four languages, Evan, like you. You speak like 17 different languages. Just, read the, English, just read the English part. <laughs> no, I, I I don't really speak that many languages. That's not my wife. I I speak a, a few phrases in a few languages, but that's it's all ice cream. All I know are all like all the mechanical words for ice cream machines and like Portuguese, Spanish and English and French. That's it. But beyond that conversation, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. You know, that's that's all I can do. 
And, you know, the one thing, too, that I think is real quick to add is that maybe even having a log of like anything you do right. to the machine. Right. Because, you know, Ray is going to retire one day and then, you know, John's going to come in and be your tech. And, and, and trust me, like I've seen situations that save people a lot of money because they had that service record history. So that's a great piece of advice. Um, even all of these, you know, when you pull aside off and, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, um, or the or the the refrigeration technicians come and he's throwing these numbers at you. At least if you have them on a spreadsheet, you yeah. can you can kind of see when a compressor is going because of the numbers are going up or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's valid, valid. And we do it all the time when it comes to you know temperature for product. The health department says we'll put a probe thermometer in here once a day, and we keep all of those records. But we want old uh, Bessie in the back keep cranking out the ice cream without any uh, record keeping. <laughs> Um, that's some great, great advice. Sure. Uh, anything else we need to touch on? Anything you'd like to touch on? I just think that I would love someone to make a Tortufo ice cream flavor. I, I, uh, I recently was, was dreaming about it. So I, I kind of worked in an Italian restaurant and got adopted by an Italian American family and from the being a dishwasher to a cook to the manager when I was like 16 and got me into the food service industry. And I was just daydreaming about how delicious Tortufo was. So if there's an ice cream maker out there that's making a Tortufo ice cream, I would really like to hear about it and send you a goodie basket. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Maybe we could do uh, some uh, 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 preventative maintenance, uh, online FaceTime preventative maintenance in lieu of Tartufo ice cream. That sounds like a great deal. And I hope you're doing well and your family as well. And, and thanks for all you do in the organization. So. Mate, thank you. It was great to chat. I, I some of these things we we know that we need to do it. These uh, chit chats are a reminder of hey, I need to kind of get back on that. And now's the time to do that. I know most people are still relatively busy, but as it winds down and you're doing your to do list, book cone. Go to Cone Con number one. Yep. Uh, listen to this podcast again number two, and start doing all of these things because it again it's a time and money resource saver and don't forget about winterizing your water cooled machines sorry forgot to tell you that too <laughs> that's a good throw in as well um, mate thanks evan uh, this has been great how do we find out more about what you're doing online uh so www.ices so i-c-e-s ice cream equipment specialist dot cool so ices dot cool fabulous we'll put a link uh in the show notes here Mate, you've been in the studio. I see you're pumping out a few uh, videos there. Looking good. Good information there too. Thank you. Thank you. Just trying to, to trying to show people, uh, you know, videos speak volumes, as you know. And in today's day and age, no one's going to look at a spec sheet, but they'll watch a video. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you'll be able to see Evan, well, not live, but in person in all of these videos that they're posting on their website, ices.cool. Mate, thank you. And look, if you're listening to the podcast and you think, you know what, I've got a story to share, I've got a talent that I can uh, help other people with, then drop us a line, info at icecreamassociation.org. And look for more information on the podcast, previous episodes, everything that the association has to offer you, you can go to icecreamassociation.org. All spelled out, all one word. Thanks again, Evan. Really appreciate your time. Same, mate. Be well. Cheers.